that I finally had kind of like this epiphany that I was like, oh my gosh, I am doing what I had dreamt of doing, you know, four and a half years ago. And so it's been really an incredible journey, you know, so. Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Okay, so looking back to when you were youngest, can you tell us uh, what lessons you think took you longest to learn? Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, just all the, all the lessons and <laughs> just learning from, from all the things that have been done before, you know, from the people that go ahead of you that have, you know, leading the way for you. Um, some of the hardest lessons that, you know, turning things around and stuff, um, my you know, my dad and my family, like we grew up with very little, I mean, being the youngest of seven, you know, but it's like, we just lived on very little. And so like to try and change that story and try and, you know, get out of that kind of poverty mentality was, it was really tough. And I, I mean, it's still, it's still hard. It still shows up in different areas of my life and things that I do, you know, so I'm always like, why, why can't I get over this? You know, it's like, but it's so ingrained in, uh, you know, in what I do. So, yeah, I just think that it's a continuous learning process for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, I had a good one the other day. Um, my wife went to London for a conference mm-hmm. and, I, and I was, I had to drop it to the airport early. So I was tired that day. Uh, the time you've been out with the kids and got back and I was feeling, yeah, just tired and a bit like, bit out of it and this thought yeah. popped in my head it was um what if she comes back <clears throat> and she says i can't do this anymore i want something new and i thought yeah. where the bloody hell did that come from that's weird yeah why, why would i think, why would i think that thought and then i thought because i got the self-awareness i was like okay so when was the last time i felt this way and i went straight back to when i was like 24 20 years ago where an ex-girlfriend had said exactly that to me. I thought, it's funny how I got, went back to that memory, which is 20 years ago. Yeah. Just by going off, how the last time I felt that way, there was nothing in between. It was just purely that one instance. So obviously, do you know I mean? It must have been the perfect chemicals in my brain for me to feel that mm-hmm. way to then be transported 20 years to the, you know, in the past. Like, So, yeah, going off what you were said then about being, you know, uh, well-worn and and, and uh, yeah. the way we think can affect that where we want to go you know because it's uh yeah the self-awareness i think is uh being able to dig into it and not buy into the story of because i could i could have gone on a full meltdown and freak out over nothing over the yeah. thought so uh yeah. Right. Well, there's been, there's been weird incidences that have happened where like things will trigger, you know, for me. And I'm like, where did that, you know, like come from, you know, um, this is, this is the ongoing thing in my family. Okay. So we played this game and we were playing this game, like the whole, there was like 20 some family members that were in the room and everybody's like, you know, whatever the person who's at the front of the room is supposed to get everybody else to guess the question. Okay. So, you know, guess what they're trying to say? And everybody is like screaming at, at me. Like, so I'm trying to get them to like, to figure out what they're saying. And all of a sudden I'm like, I just, I just like melted. I'm like, I, I couldn't handle it. And then immediately got this really weird, like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to play. I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. I don't want to play. And as soon as they smelt that I like did not want to play, they started chanting my name. (laughs) And like trying, and this is not my, this is my, these are my in-laws, you know? And so it's like, they could smell that I, something was wrong. Something happened in that moment. And then, so then they started, and I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And then the next time we were together in this gathering, they all were like, let's play this game. And they like, it almost came, we had never played the game prior to this. And now all of a sudden it was like going to be the go-to game every single time we met. Oh, and so I had to like come to the conclusion that I was like, I'm not getting out of this. Like I'm not, you know, but I just told him, I'm like, I have no problem guessing. I don't want you screaming at me. Like I cannot handle 
and I'm, I'm really, honestly, I'm not very good at, um, you know, like celebrities or like coming up with names, like, cause usually what I'll do is I'm like, I know the person, but then all of a sudden I'll like freeze on it and I can't, I, like, I have no idea who they're talking about. And so I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. But what it comes down to, like the personality test and stuff we were talking about was I got really um, into the Enneagram test and the Enneagram basically um, gave me, told me basically that I, I'm, I'm definitely goal oriented and I'm achiever. So like, I don't want to play if I can't win. Okay. And so it was like, I mean, I, it's like no fun if I'm like outside of my element and I don't even, I don't even feel like there's a chance to win because it's like everybody's yelling and everybody's screaming at me. So I'm like, I don't even know how to win here. Like, I don't even know who to pay attention to. And in the end I just froze. And so I was like, okay. Like, you know, and it's weird because it's like, yeah. it brings up things in you where you're like, why did I even feel that way? Like, where did that come from? You know? And so, and to this day, I'm like, I don't want to play that game. And I, it turned out though, another family member is the same Enneagram number as me. And I was like watching her, not necessarily playing that particular game, but another game that's very like, you know, acting out, like kind of like charades kinds of games. And those are the games that I like do not like. And so, but I was watching her and she was, she was struggling with the same stuff <laughs> and she was not wanting to play either. I was like, okay, it's not just me. <laughs> you start to just realize that you're like, hardwired in a certain way hmm. that you know and some people are going to be better at certain things than other people and sometimes we just can't process the information the same way so I mean it's not good just to like back out and say I don't want to play but at the same time I'm like it was just so crazy for me because I was like what happened you know like it, yeah. there was like clearly something that triggered and I you know I still try and figure it out to this day that I'm like what happened so you know, what, but what was, so what was the feeling? Was it a, you wanted to run and hide, or was it a feeling of just like a you know categorical no, I don't want to play type thing? I okay, so I think that the ultimate feeling that came out of it was just the like feeling of failure. Okay, right. Okay, like, hold that. So okay, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. I'm just curious. So okay, so if you was to go back to when the last memory you've got of feeling that way. What's the story attached to that? I mean, it's a good question. I don't even know. No? I, like, it was weird. It was weird because I'm like, I don't, I have never experienced that before. You know, so um, when it, when it was all said and done, though, like afterwards, what ended up happening was that there was a certain person in the room that like, they were the taunter. Right. So I, I did figure out after it was all done that it was like any time we were in the room with that one, you know, particular person yeah. that it, it became immediately uncomfortable for right, me. Okay. So it was like, and because it was this competitive nature, it was this like, you know, kind of thing, like everybody's participating, everybody's going to have a good time, you know? So it's like, I think that there was just this added like pressure and this like, you know, you have to participate, you have to be, you know, it's like kind of that taunting. And I've never, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know if there's ever been a time where I felt that same emotion. And so that's what was really interesting to me that I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. You know, and trying to like, pull back all the layers to be like, what, you know, triggered that. And still, I mean, and then, and then, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and that's where I'm like, okay, something happened. And because, because I would, we've played similar games to this and I don't, I've never had an issue. Like even with people yelling like that, like it, that has never been a problem. But for some reason, just this feeling of like nothing, like nothing was good enough. Like no matter how, how good you played, it wasn't, it just wasn't good enough. So then it was like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm out. Like, I don't even uh, want to be a part of it. And it's funny though, you say you felt like a failure, but you hadn't mm -hmm. failed. Right. No, there was no, there was, you know, you, you, you hadn't even started, so you couldn't possibly right. fail. <laughs> but you felt like a failure before it started. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Yeah. But I think it was just because everybody was, you know, they, they Fuck want it. you to get, yeah, get the answer. And you're like, I don't even know who's yelling, who's talking, who's here, you know, so, I, yeah, it's crazy. Thank you for the therapy session. Uh, well, uh, 
if you can figure out what happened and let me know. But, but I think that part of that is, you know, like my drive for success too, you know, that I'm yeah. very, you know, success oriented. So it's like, I don't like, I, I don't necessarily even like being the center of attention. So there's also some of that stuff that happens, you know, when you're one of seven kids, like, I mean, I'm, I've never been the center of attention. You know, like you just blend right in. You're just one of all these people that are all hanging out. Nobody's super special, you know, that kind of stuff. So when somebody puts you on a platform, you know, and then like there's something about that too, which is interesting. I wrote a book, I speak, I do all this stuff. And, you know, I, I tend to be in front of people, but at the same time, I don't like being the center, you know, so yeah, it's crazy. That's, it is. It's good stuff though. I mean, I, yeah. I can relate to that because... I, when I think of a situation similar to that, I go back to being Monday mornings in, in Mrs. Morgan's class. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was um, th- uh, reading and writing arithmetic first thing. And the first thing she did every Monday morning was go around the class saying three, five, seven, twos, like this. And I, and I just wasn't geared the way, I wasn't geared that way to think yeah. on the spot. When someone points at you and says, give me the answer. Right. I would just like, going to meltdown and think, oh my God, my answer was gone, even if I knew it, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I am yeah. Not- that, that happens to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like the, the, those kinds of, I mean, I'm okay with like the math stuff, but like when it comes to like pop culture, yeah. you know, like, so specifically pop culture, my husband is a musician and um, he'd always like, there'd be a song on the radio and he would just go, who sings this? Hmm. And I'm like, no like and even if it was like somebody that was like so super famous and crazy and like everybody knows who it is like I would still like freeze on it because I'm like I know who it is like stop asking me those questions like I just don't you know and it's weird because you're like stop it (laughs) (laughs) no I get it I get it I used to work with a guy that used to say that yeah, find that little, you know, piece that you're not good at. And then, you know, and some people like to just prey on, and I'm not saying my husband just does it for fun and it's only him and I. So by the time I'm like, I don't know who is it, you know, like he'll always tell me who it is, you know, but I think he's like trying to help me out. But, <laughs> but it's just interesting if somebody else like catches it, then they're like, they sometimes can get it and then like dig on it. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that you're not good at. So they're just going to into it yeah i mean uh i i don't know yeah it's a, it's a podcast i listen to as well called um uh, the toxic people podcast which mm-hmm. helped me massively uh dr shayla lamar i think her name was uh-huh. but there's so many different levels of toxicity and and people like not i'm not referring to you as but I'm, I'm on about that person in the room that was taunting and then that become the one that was you know in driving for the for the outcome they wanted you know and I've yeah. experienced this in work and uh, yeah, and, and it's just, just so many levels. There's like even levels where you start to doubt your own reality and, and what you believe to yeah. be true, you know? Yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, gone off yeah. track a bit there, but anyway. I know, sorry. <laughs> Get you on my, my gaming issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, fast forward a few years from, I don't know, what age were we uh, in school? So maybe yeah, high school. Uh, mm-hmm. What sort of stories and emotions does that evoke for you? Yeah, well, I was I was very fortunate, like in high school and stuff. I I as I reflect back, I was like I loved school. Like I you know loved being in high school. I remember my senior year being like holding on to every single day that was left because I just was so saddened by the fact that these memories, this season, would be gone forever. You know, so I remember that so vividly, but, um, but yeah, I, I was very driven, um, not, not great at school. I had to work really, really hard. Um, but in, in like just leadership, I feel like that's where my like leadership qualities really came out and I got a chance to, you know, serve in a lot of different ways, you know, in organizations and, you know, I was in sports and so I got, you know, to do all that kind of stuff. So, so I just, I, th- I think those years were really great for me. I also didn't, wasn't like at the top of my class. I wasn't at the bottom of my class, but it was like, you know, just had a good circle of friends and just feel it felt really connected in my community. So yeah, it was great. So you were highly engaged in high school then? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the hardest part in high school for me was, um, my junior year of high school. Um, we lived in, in, um, North Dakota. There's only one river that flow that flows North besides the Nile river. And that's the red river. And so the red river was flowed North and it had snowed so much that the water, um, it just kept on rising. And so eventually it flooded our entire town. And so, um, my junior year of high school, we were, like it was like November. I, I really only August to November we had school as normal, and after November we never had a full week of school after that. And by the time I want to say it was March, it was either February or March, but anyways, right in that season, right after winter, um, we we were evacuated from town, so everybody had to leave. And so like my junior year was like just a mess. And my sister was in her senior year, so like graduation and prom and like everything um was just not the way that it was supposed to be <laughs> so yeah. um so we ended up we ended up having prom but it was in the summer and it was like all the schools came together and it was just kind of a, a just an odd year my best friend was an international student and so she was had to move back to norway um so like we missed out on that whole year of spending time together and so it was just really sad it was just like that was that season was really sad but at the same time i still got to travel my the organization i was in leadership with i still got to you know go on their national trips and stuff so it it wasn't like it shut everything down but at the same time it was like odd like almost like we missed that entire year of school because of that flood yeah, yeah. i think that's what i remember most is the becoming aware that some relationships were going to end. Yeah. You know? Yep. And then I think that that's probably why I held on to my senior year so much. Cause it was like, Oh, we had just lost so much of the year before. And then like to think that we, you know, miss out on all of this time together because of that flood. But yeah, yeah. It's an interesting season of, of time. And then I, you know, I, when I graduated from high school, I stayed in my hometown to go to college. So I stayed one year um, in North Dakota. And then after that one year, then I moved to Missouri to go to college. So I spent three years at a different university. Um, and then it was in that, that first year that I moved away that I met my husband. So it was, yeah. So, and we've been married 17 and a half years. So it's like, yeah, it's been kind of a, like, it was like, okay, move away. And then immediately, yeah, (laughs) got connected right into my, my new Missouri family. So it's been great. Yeah. And they begin sports in Missouri. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> what's, yeah. what's the sport in Missouri? Um, baseball and hockey. Okay. So, yeah, ice hockey is big here, you know. So, and being from North Dakota, like ice hockey was a big deal back home too. So we love we we have season tickets to go see our Blues hockey team here. So, but uh, Cardinals Cardinals baseball is big. Yeah. The Cardinals. I've heard of the Cardinals. Yeah, I said. Uh, yeah. I think I've heard a couple of people in the group mention it. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, really cool. good. Okay. So can you talk a little bit more about the, this big move you've made uh, five years ago? Um, yeah. Basically making the leap is not something to be taken lightly. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so could you just you know, talk us through a little bit more of uh, what was going on sure. at the time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my story with my dad, you know, that um, – making the decision that I was like, okay, I want to do this, but I, I really wanted to go out on my own and own my own business. And my husband's a graphic designer. So he had been working for himself for many years. And I just had made the decision after, after about it, you know, nine months or so after he had passed that I was like, okay, like he, he was 69 when he passed. And so I'm like, who knows how many years I'm going to have? Like, there's no guarantee in life. So I think I just was like willing to take a leap then because I'm like, what do I got to lose? I can always go back and get this job any day of the week, you know? So, um, so then, yeah, I, I, my husband being a graphic designer, he already like, he had my website up, he had business cards, he like had everything ready to go. And I was like, okay, like, did I make this decision? Is this like happening? And so, yeah. The next thing I knew, I was like, we were, you know, launching this consulting business to help nonprofits raise money. And uh, now, and when he described it to me, he's like, you can train people all over the world. Like, you don't have to do it just here. And I'm like, and I go, oh my gosh, would that not be incredible? You know, I mean, it was like, ah, like the fact that that was even a thought or a possibility was just incredible. 
incredible. And so, and it's actually been just in the last week or so that I'm like, that I finally had kind of like this epiphany that I was like, oh my gosh, I am doing what I had dreamt of doing, you know, four and a half years ago. And so it's been really an incredible journey, you know, so, so I podcast today and I teach, you know, people all over the world and uh, I work with anywhere from, you know, startup nonprofits to, you know, ministers and missionaries. And, you know, so I've got just a wide variety of clients that I work with. So it's, it's been a lot of fun in the process to be able to, to help people. Cool. So uh, you mentioned the, um, a bit of a, well, massive time awareness of not knowing when our time is up. Do you yeah. think, if you imagine uh, some people that's probably listened to this, as I once was, you, 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 sometimes in life you get shackled yeah. uh, by your responsibilities, uh, commitments, and other things. What, what advice or what do you think might help those people that are listening that are shackled or feel shackled? Due to time? Due, due to any commitment they may have. Cause I mean, for, for me, yeah. it was, it was time uh, and financial. Those were the two, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So like for me, um, you know, I'm, we don't have children. So like, but I'm the primary income earner in our family. So like it immediately, like the financial part of it and like the responsibility and the like, fact that it's like I don't I'm not a huge risk taker so I'm like I'm gonna you know if I'm gonna do something and back to my story like if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it well right yeah. so I don't I don't I don't want to fail you know so so those sorts of things like really um weighed on me heavily where I was like my routine my schedule and that's what's crazy about when I resigned I, like the number one thing I was concerned about was what time do I get up in the morning like what, when do I get ready? Like, do I take a shower? Do I then sit at the desk? Like, I mean, it's like, do I sit in an office? Do I sit on the couch? You know, like it was just like, that was the weird stuff that was going through my mind as I was getting ready to resign. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll get up whenever I want to get up. You know, like, I mean, it was just kind of that, that weird stuff, but, but also financially and just like trying to make that transition between like I'm my own boss versus somebody else being responsible uh, and to report into. And that was hard for me too, because I'm like, I, I like reporting into somebody. I like having somebody watching that I'm doing a good job. You know, there's those kinds of things that also play a factor that it's like when you're by yourself and you're running your own business, no one's patting you on the back. No one's, you know, I mean, no one's like giving you the review and, or giving you the pay raise. Like you're giving yourself the pay raise, you're patting yourself on the back. You're, you know, so like you do have to be a bit more, you know, self-motivated, but I was already doing that. Mm. Like I was raising hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for an organization that I'm like, I could do that for myself. Like, I mean, I could raise, I could raise, I could sell, you know, it's not like I'm afraid to pick up the phone and talk to people, you know? So like, I knew that I was going to be successful once I got into it. Like I just knew that that was a possibility, but there's also that, that transition time that it's like, you've got to go from, you know, one thing to the next. And a lot of people don't realize it's like, there's always that thing that's in the middle. So like that connector between like, here's the dream. Here's what I'm doing today. How do I get over to the dream? And so, and that's where like really having something like, you know, a a bridge kind of job that you're doing. And for me, that was consulting. Um, I like to consult. I still, you know, I'm, I'm a consultant today, but I'm my dream job. Like where I say like, Oh, I'm doing exactly what I want to do is that I'm teaching other people how to do it. So like the connector was still doing it. Yeah. So I was a, I was a fundraiser. And then as when I jumped into the job, I still was doing it for someone else Yeah. and they paid and they paid me good money to do that. So I, I, it got me out of the day job and got me into this space, but I had some certainty. I had some, you know, I had a 12 month contract. So I knew I had a 12 month buffer to really like figure out the rest of it and get towards that dream. And I was very fortunate because I, I had that client the entire time that, you know, that I've been working for myself. So I'm just now getting ready to transition from that, that position. So, so it's just interesting how like you have to create your own sense of security and what does that look like for you? 
so that you can easily make that transition. But, um, but yeah, it's weird. We just let weird stuff like clog our, you know, cloud our mind with things that don't matter. You know, yeah. so, but, but fear does something, you know, in us. And, and I was listening actually to a Tony Robbins thing recently. And he said that, you know, we have a basic need, you know, we have six basic needs, you know, ultimately, but two of them is certainty and uncertainty. So like we need certainty and we need uncertainty. Hmm. So like, so like we have to be certain that the job's going to be the, you know, the pay's going to be there that, you know, all those things that are like this basic, you know, comfort so that you know, you're going to be okay. But then we also like the challenge. Like we like knowing that there's the unknown that's out there and that there could be something, maybe I could make more money, you know, like, or maybe I could help more people or different people or whatever. And so there's that, that drive also there for some uncertainty. So, so it's just crazy. We're, we're kind of crazy. We're just like, (laughs) I mean, I was like, okay, we need certainty and uncertainty. Oh, great. You know, like, so so the very thing that we're afraid of is also the very thing that gives us life and energy and make sure that we don't get bored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think on our, we had a chat a while ago and Mm -hmm. I, and I think it was you that mentioned about um, removing the ceiling. Yes. Could, Could you, could you expand on that a little bit again? Sure. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I was sharing a little bit about a friend of mine who is, he was actually coaching me and he was, um, sharing with me that it's like, I basically have, you know, over the course of building out this business that I really have like, um, maxed out, like I've, I've gotten to this, to the ceiling and now like the ceiling has actually been like lifted off and the ceiling has now become my floor. And you know, when I was early on making the decision of, um, you know, am I going to start this business? How am I going to do this? And I immediately, the imposter syndrome kicks in and you're like, who am I? I don't have enough experience to do this. I was 33 years old when I started. I'm like, that's, this is crazy. I should be like 60. You know, I should be doing this in my retirement or 70. And, um, and this guy was on a podcast that I was listening to and he made some comment about how he's like, you have to look at your work as though like it's a 13 story, 12 story building and you're not going to be on the top floor. Like you are not going to be the, you know, at the top of your game, you're going to be at like floor three, four, five. And, and so as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, like I'm on floor five. Like, I don't have to be at the 10th, the 11th, the 12th. There's somebody else who's already there. Mm. And they're not going to care about the people on the first, second, third, and fourth floor. They're going to care about, care about the people on the sixth, seventh, and eighth floor. Because mm. those guys can pay more money. I don't know. You know, so, yeah. so like for me, I was like, I'll take the people at the, you know, at the bottom. But I now have like such a visual of that. It's like once that ceiling, like you gradually are going to move up the stairs you know, your the ceiling is going to be lifted. And then, you know, so when I'm thinking about this, you know, 13 story building or whatever, I'm like, okay, like maybe I was on the fifth floor when I started and now I'm on the seventh floor, you know, like we'll, we'll always be learning. We'll always be getting better, you know, at what we do. And there's people then that we can help along the way. So, yeah. So the ceiling to me, it was just really interesting that this coach was telling me, he's like, yeah, the ceiling is going to be lifted for you. And I was like, I feel that, like, I feel like the ceiling has been lifted, you know? And I think for all of us as we're challenging ourselves, it's like, we're trying to like get better at what we do so that we can help the next, you know, level of, of individual who needs our help. Yeah, man, it was, um, it was a great, cause it expanded my perception of looking at an issue, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a timely, a timely story from you. So, uh, oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to hear. Good yeah, to hear. <laughs> so you touched on something then as well. Um, uh, imposter syndrome. So mm-hmm. how, how did that, other than, you know, who am I, I should be doing this when I'm retired. How, how did that, how else did that show up? But then how did you overcome? Yeah, it was the very first conversation that I had with my, my business coach because, you know, he said, why, why are you, cause uh, sorry, my very first conversation with him, I was like, I'm just going to leave my job. I'm just going to go apply for another job. Right. Cause it's just, if you're uncomfortable and things aren't working, it's like, well, I'll just go find another job. Right. So, and as soon as I said that, he's like, why would you not stay where you're at 
and and start working on your side hustle. Start working on the work that you really want to do on the side. And and then as soon as I said it out loud that I was like, you know, I want to write a book. I want to help people, you know, but I was like, and as soon as I said it, I was like, but who am I? And I, I, I didn't even know that there was a term for it or anything. But I was like, who am, I, who am I to think that I should teach this stuff or that I'm capable of doing this? And then that's when he came back and said, yeah, it's called the imposter syndrome. And he's like, everyone has it. <laughs> everyone. Like, it doesn't matter how big and famous they are. I mean, like, you know. I was going to say, even people in, you know, political leadership or whatever, you got to know that they look at themselves in the mirror and say, what did I do to get here? And I don't care how arrogant or how whatever has gone on in your life. There's always that moment of realization that you're like, why am I standing on this stage? Or why am I the one who's doing this? You know, so, so it, you know, we just have to get past the fact that everybody, I mean, everybody feels that way. So, yeah, so the imposter syndrome for me was just, yeah, that realization that I was like, I've never verbally said this out loud because, you know, you've got your dreams in your heart and you're like, oh, I would love to do that someday, but you don't always verbalize them. And then when you do, you're like, oh my gosh, like that does not sound even like even the word consulting to me. Like when I first started, I was like, I hated even saying the word consulting because I was like, who is what? Like, I don't like, how does that even sound? How is that perceived? You know? And, and then a friend of mine was like, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool to hear that you're a consultant. And I was like, okay, well, that's good to hear. (laughs) You know, you just start questioning, like, that's awkward. But, you know, when I started um, writing my author coach um, that I had hired, he, he basically, the very first assignment that he had was that we had to write or we had to do a video that that just said, hi, my name is, you know, say your name, whatever, and say that you're an author. Like, hadn't written, hadn't published, hadn't done anything. And he's like, I want you to get on a video and tell me, you know, tell me I'm an author and and basically go through what this book is about. And what are you going to experience when you read this book? And the book hadn't even been created, hadn't even come to life. And it was such a profound thing because I was like, yeah, when do you when do you become an author mm-hmm. or when do you become a speaker or when do you become a consultant or whatever job you have, you become it when you decide you are Yeah. like, you know, when does a woman have a baby? It's like, is it, is she a mom when she's pregnant? Is she, you know, like, is she, you know, when, when is it, when is the moment that she becomes, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, as soon as the, baby's conceived right like as soon as the baby's cooking so your mom you know and so I think that that's where we have to like pull ourselves back that as soon as we make the decision to do something that's when that idea is conceived that's when that thing starts to come to life and so we are you know you are a coach you are a podcaster you are you know and like all those things that it's like oh yeah I guess I am you know like but it's weird to say it out loud. But. Yeah, it is. No, you're right. It is, and it's it's that moment where was it belief belief meets meets effort. I think it is the saying. I can't remember what it is, but it's uh, it's spot on there. It's it's when we say so and when we believe enough that we are. Yep, absolutely. And then when you say it with confidence, and other people believe you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. That's that's probably one for me to work on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Here's your challenge for today. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, can you tell me a story about something that has amazed you? Yeah. Um, okay, so first, try and think. Okay. I, I think that it's just absolutely amazing how we can believe something. We can believe a story, you know, when we're a kid or at an adult age that it's like we can have our arms so fully like wrapped around that idea that it's like oh this is so like it 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 just is the way it is and then somebody challenges your thoughts and this is actually why I love to travel is that as soon as you pull yourself out of like your own space and you go and travel somewhere and you can see something with your own eyes 
it's just like to me that like absolutely amazes me that it's like it can challenge your thought system like in a heartbeat by just experiencing it in such a small way. So like, I mean, we, we've traveled, we went to the Great Barrier Reef um, in Australia, you know, um, just a couple years ago. Nice. And we, we went scuba diving and I was like, and went to the space and everything. We've seen it on TV how many times? I mean, like they show it on TV all the time, but there's just something about experiencing something like that. And, and I felt the same way when I went to New York for the first time. Because, you know, I grew up in North Dakota. It's a small, you know, state. There's not very many people there. And I had always seen these pictures of New York City and, like, what it looked like and everything. But, like, once you're there and you can, like, feel the energy of the space, it's, like, just it can blow your mind as far as, like, just your thought process. And, you know, and I think that that's the kind of stuff that just is really, yeah, amazing. Like, how in a moment everything you thought before is now completely changed based on one experience. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, we're nearly there, uh, Mary, nearly there. Um, yeah. So let's, um, let's have a look. Let's have a look into the future. And I want you to tell me what would be the craziest and most exciting thing for you to be experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I wrote on my, um, my vision board, which I've only been doing vision boards for a couple of years. Um, but one of the things that I wrote down was, um, you know, just that I wanted to be a thought leader, you know, a thought leader in the nonprofit space. And, you know, and, and to me, like one of the most exciting things is having the ability to help other people see things differently yes. and to take something that might've been scary and fearful, like, into and making it really fun and exciting and so for me like this you know that having greater influence and, and just having the ability to transform somebody's thinking is just really pretty exciting <laughs> like that's Man. pretty exciting to me and so and there was a moment where I, when I wrote I want to be a thought leader um that I was like that is crazy talk like that is just crazy talk. Like who even like that is like private in my little journal. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that, you know? And in the last couple of years, like really in the last year, especially I've had people, you know, that whose lives I've impacted in some way and they'll email me and tell me like how they want to do what I do. Mm. And when they say that and they're like, I want to be a thought leader like you. Wow. And I'm like, well, like, yeah. like when that kind of message comes across and you're like, wow, <laughs> like check that one off the vision board, you know, like, and, and I think that that's what we forget is that it doesn't have to be like so massive and so grandiose. Like it can just be as small as like that you're changing the bubble, the people that you surround yourself with, the people that are drawn into the work that you do. Yeah. And for me, like, I mean, my podcast and the book that I wrote, like those two pieces that are out in the world to me have been like, like I, I joke, like I know you can see me on video, but like, so this book has, you know, it has my picture on it. And, and so I joke like that. She like, I mean, sometimes my people will like, my clients will take pictures of her, like her, yeah. <laughs> my book on, on the airplane with them in the, like the back of the seat, you know, and they're like, Oh, we're going to Turkey. Oh, we're going to, you know, heading to, heading to Mexico or heading to Romania. And, you know, and so I'm like, so sometimes I, you know, just really think about how it's like my thoughts are just like, you know, traveling in places that I could never, you know, physically go. And so, I mean, I could, but obviously not to the same you know, okay. like instantaneous that it could just be anywhere in the world. And so to me, that was like mind boggling and just like, yeah, some of the coolest stuff thinking about the future and, and more of that, you know, continuing because as it goes one place, then that person tells somebody else and that person tells somebody else. So I know what's happened just in the last couple of years mm. in the kind of influence that I've had. And so now I'm like, it, it's really exciting to think what the next couple of years will look like. I've never heard that take on it like that but i love that perspective like yeah. what 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 do you, although you you said earlier on that um you wanted to write a book and once you said it you you seemed yeah i want to write a book what was when you wanted to write the book was that 
the start of you wanting to be a thought leader or was the book uh, the, the step before it and then thought leader come after? Yeah, no, the book, the idea for the book actually came in 2009. 2009, I believe, is when I first started thinking about this book. And it wasn't, and and the only reason why it popped up was because my best friend and I, we were like, let's write a book about this one summer that we had. And it was just like kind of fairy tale-ish kind of summer that we had right after college or right after high school going into college. And, uh, and so we're like, let's write this book. And as we were writing it, I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, this is fun to write this with her. But I was like, the book that I really want to write is a book on fundraising. And I already had like this vision of what this book could be like, but I didn't have the steps that I was writing. I didn't have the ideas. I didn't, I didn't have anything that, I mean, like a few things, but not what the book ended up being or the impact that I've been able to make. Yeah. So it was weird how like that slice, that idea comes into your mind and you're like, yeah, I'd like to do that. And then all of a sudden it's like, it goes away. Like it went away for seven years where it was like, oh, that'd be great. But I never pursued anything. I jotted down some notes here and there, but for the most part, it was really just an idea that took root that, and, and it ended up being about 10 years after that idea before I actually took action on writing. So that's where it's like, I think sometimes when we have these ideas or these thoughts, it's like, it's, there's also a timing thing there too, where it's like, well, you know, maybe now's not the time or, you know, when you still, I just, when I started writing, I could not stop thinking about it. Mm. Like It was that obsessive for me that I was like, I, I, I was literally like, okay, God, like I'm supposed to write this book. Like you better send somebody down. To, to teach me how to do it because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so it's literally one of those moments where I'm like, I'm writing a book. Don't have any idea what it's about. Don't know who's going to teach me how to do it. You know, so, but, but I think that sometimes you just feel that, you know, you're so compelled yeah. to compelled. tell a message. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, and I didn't even care I, to be honest. I didn't care how many people read it. I didn't care. It was like, it was such a, like a desire to get it out. that once it was out, it was almost like just like a freedom from you know carrying that weight any longer that so and then once once people start reading it I was like oh this is good like people are actually doing what I said like you know it's like and that's I think even more incredible but it was hard I was like I don't have children but I, I would compare writing a book to having children <laughs> it was it, I, it was that painful like I and I've heard people who have had children say that writing the book was harder so I was like okay, I'm glad Glad to know that I'm not absolutely crazy, but it was it was intense. But I'm so thankful, and I'm actually writing book number two right now. So I'm like, and I'm kind of like more gearing up for book number two, where I'm like, okay, come on, you can do this again. <laughs> so okay, cool. So what's uh, book number two about then? Yeah, so book number one was fundraising freedom, and book number two is fully funded. So um, the book is is basically um, a book for ministry leaders um, who are looking to fully fund their budget. It's just a term that's used in the ministry space more frequently. So yeah, and so but we have a we have a um, a program that we're already working on. I have a business partner, Mike, Kim, and the two of us. We we've been helping missionaries raise funds for the last year. So. Oh, They've cool. been asking for a book. They're like, come on, when are you guys going to, you know, write a book? And I was like, I know we got to write this book. <laughs> so, so we already have an incredible audience that's waiting for it. So we just got to get pen to paper and get it done. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps you'll come back on then and we can, uh, we can have yeah. another visit. <clears throat> cool. Man. That's right. Okay. And you can tell us what is, what's happening at, once you've written that book, what's the next thing in line for you? And, yeah, uh, exactly. And, and tell us how many other things you crossed off your vision board. There you go. Vision. Well, right now I've got a house. I've got a house that is on my vision board that needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's five months in the making. So in the next couple of months, that house will be ready for me to move into. But it's oh, pretty fantastic. fun. I mean, if you don't do a vision board, like seriously, it, I there's something about being able to see your your dreams really come to life, and it it totally helps. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I uh, about two years ago, after I finished uh, a mastermind, they did. I sort of really dug into this vision board, and it was only within six months I manifested at least half of it. It was crazy. The stuff I put on there, it was just random stuff. And so, do you know what? Some stuff I'd even had, had like a shot of a window with a tree, and the bed was in the shot. 
like a like a relaxing space. Yeah. And then one day I was laying on my bed, looking out the window, looking at a tree. I thought, I've already got it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's already there. It's just I couldn't see it. But I just I needed to be in that space where I was relaxed enough to to appreciate what I already had. So as yeah. soon as that was that was the right tick, put it in the folder. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Did he even- yeah, isn't that so crazy though how that works? It's, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally into vision boards, and I totally believe in them too. Yeah, it just so, helps you think about yeah, actually visualize what you want, and then you work your way towards getting it. Like yeah. you just don't even realize it. Yeah, so crazy, crazy good stuff. <laughs> crazy good stuff indeed. Okay, so um, where can the the audience find you, and on what platforms? Yeah. So, well, the best way to catch me is, you know, I mean, I'm on Facebook more than anything on social media, but, um, but other than that, maryvaloney.com is my website. Uh, I have some great resources there um, for, you know, if you're a nonprofit leader or looking to raise some money. Um, so maryvaloney.com and then uh, my podcast. So I have a free podcast as well called fundraising freedom podcast. And so I teach on all kinds of stuff. I love personal development stuff, if you can't tell. And so, like, you know, just really digging into how can you be a better version of yourself so that you can achieve what you want to achieve. So, uh, but that's just, yeah, fundraisingfreedompodcast.com. Awesome stuff. Uh, yeah. Mary, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I said earlier, I, I love your energy. You've got a, you've got a nice vibe. And I, and, I hope, uh, and I hope somebody does get in touch with you because I think we all there. Uh, they're going to benefit. Yeah. Thank you. And it's interesting because it doesn't matter where you live, like in the world. Cause I know sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, like we're so different. We live in different parts of the country, but at the same time, I'm like, as humans, like we're, we, we're the same, you know, like there's so many similarities. So, and I feel that way when it comes to raising money and fundraising and stuff is that I'm like, humans are humans. It doesn't matter where we live. <laughs> so yeah. no. we all want to be connected. We all want to be seen and heard. And, you know, when people find the right thing that connects them, it's incredible, you know, how that, how that works no matter where we live. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity for to share a little bit about my crazy story. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Crazy awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're, actually, you're actually the second lady I've had on. The first lady was my wife. So, oh, uh, hey! I- yeah, I'm hoping. I'm to in be- good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's crazy I'm in good too. company with the ladies. Yeah. Oh no, not crazy. <laughs> I was thinking more amazing. Like, no. <laughs> no, she's, she's the good. love of your life, I would assume. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I would. Live, I want to try to expand this because most of the, most of the time it's just been uh, guys I've met, you know, on the journey. So it's been great to get a different perspective sometimes, you know, because uh, yeah. I don't actually know who my audience are. Yeah. Which is a crazy aspect of all this, you know? Sure. Yeah. You're testing the waters and see who's, who's going to listen in. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It's, cool. uh, it's interesting to learn. Oh, something else I wanted to say as well. You're the first person, uh, we mentioned earlier on with your father. I had this very, very similar experience with my grandfather and he was upstairs being worked on. And my nan was on the bed next to me, obviously having a cup of tea cause they didn't know what was happening. And, uh, they, Mum woke me up and she went, Joe, Joe, wake up. I said, it's okay. I said, he's gone. And she went, what? And when he's gone, she went, who have? I said, Gramps. I said, he's fine. And she, she just went white. Like. But I was, I was a similar age. I was probably about, yeah. I was like less than 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I just knew. And I, was, and I was fine with it. Everyone else was freaking out. But, it, but he, he'd come and, and he said. It's like a piece. Yeah, I yeah I was, but I felt bad for you know everyone else. But I was like, no, it was just this yeah the peace and knowing that he was fine. Like, yeah. yeah. So thank That's you, so for, cool. thank you for sharing that because I've I've often wondered if I've if you know if I if I'm if I'm right or not. You know, so uh, yeah, absolutely. Anyways. Well, I just had that same conversation with my sister in law, and she 
had the same thing happen with somebody. And she's like, I just knew, you know, when they were gone. And I mean, there's so many studies out there that says like, you know, when tragedy or tragic things happen, how it's like, it doesn't affect the rest of the world. And it's like, you just don't think that that's even possible. It just doesn't make sense, you know, the way that we normally function. But yeah, there's, there's, I think a lot more going on <laughs> than oh, we, yeah. Yeah, especially when we talk about mindsets and stuff. It's like, you know, it's crazy how we, we can hear and feel things in a way that, that we just don't even know that we have the power to do. It's just because we're so we're so busy and distracted with everything that's going on that once we can kind of get a little bit quiet and calm and get the noise out of the way, how how much clearer and and things that we we can feel in ways we never knew was possible. So yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't know what we don't know. Exactly, <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, that's why I got to travel more. <laughs> You're already. <laughs> People you're, already, doing. <laughs> you're already traveling in book form. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, if only she could tell me more about her travel. <laughs> She's probably seen some things that maybe I don't want to see. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'd love to have you back on, like I said. Um, yeah. I'm going to do another podcast. Um, this is for people break, trying to break free. And I want to do another one, which is, uh, more like once they've broken free, they level up. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, maybe if I can, when I actually get off my jacks and get that sorted. Yeah. Uh, Keep me posted. Yeah, it'd be a different. I'd love to. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Sounds really? good. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Much Absolutely. appreciated. Keep your message yeah. going. I love it. and uh, Keep that it. energy going too. <laughs> okay. Will do. You too. <laughs> good luck with everything. Thank you very much. We'll see you too. Soon. Okay. Cheers, Bye. 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 Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit.